IOG, North Carolina. Uh, we see we have Brother Duncan on the line, Brother Duncan Ellington on the line as well. And again, we are up and running. We are sharing this live feed. And we got about um, a couple of minutes, brothers and sisters. But again, we are living in some very um, interesting times, brothers and sisters. We're living in a time where the knowledge of God and the word of God is really overflowing right now. And there's no excuse for us not to get this knowledge, right? And we're all trying to, when we get this knowledge, apply it to our own lives, brothers and sisters, because this walk is an everyday walk. Some days we're going to get it. Some days we're not going to get it. We're going to fall short, but that's why we're here for each other and with each other so that we can continue to encourage each other and build with one another, brothers and sisters, become better persons and better human beings. And although we, um, again, fall and make mistakes, we definitely want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, you wouldn't be the first one. Uh, David had his faults. Noah had his faults. Moses had his faults. And so if you are a human being, you're going to have faults, brothers and sisters, but we don't want that to allow you to be pulled away from God or the word of God or just getting back on that horse and and getting back <laughs> on that journey when you get back on that horse, brothers and sisters. So again, continue to share the live feed as I'm doing right now. Today's lesson we're going to deal with is called the four elements of God. Again, the four elements of God. And um, we're going to talk about the need for us to do certain things in order to grow and mature. And again, brothers and sisters, this is an everyday walk. An everyday walk. Just when, and you can look at somebody and you can say, man, okay, that person got it all figured out. That person got it all, all together. But trust me, brothers and sisters, everybody got to continue to walk this walk and everybody got to continue to um, run this race, you know, and that's why they say the race is not to the swift, um, but to he who endures to the end. So again, I want to thank all of you all for tuning in. Um, happy blessed third day to you, brother. And we got a couple of more places that we're going to share too. And then we're going to go ahead and get right into the word of God, brothers and sisters. Again, we're going to start off with our prayer. Um, then we're going to get into our YouTube, read off the what we believe, and go ahead and get right into our lesson tonight, which is the four elements of God. Again, the four elements of God. All right. I think that we are ready, brothers and sisters, to stand up and face Jerusalem and get into our prayer. Okay. <clears throat> Father God, who art in heaven, Father God, we come before you this Tuesday, Father God, and we just humbly ask you, Father God, to be here with us today, Father God. Father God, whatever issues or illnesses or, or struggles or trials that we have, Father God, we ask that you walk with us, Father God, increase our faith 
and increase our peace of mind as we deal with the troublous times that we are definitely faced with, Father God. Father God, we know that we are weak, Father God, and this flesh, and we fall short, Father God. We ask that you forgive us, Father God, with any transgressions that we may have, Father God. You know what they are. Father God, we humbly come before you and we ask you for your help and your strength, Father God, so that we can walk in your right and your righteous path. Allow us to be lights and examples for those who are watching and looking and listening to try to see, man, if, if, if Brother brother Ice can make it despite what he's going through, then I can make it myself. Or if Sister Key Israel can make it through whatever she's going through, or Sister Crystal Wells can make it through, or Quante Wells can make it through, or Dean Furlow can make it through what they're going through, Father God, then we can make it through what we're going through also as well, Father God. Continue to strengthen our faith. faith. Let this lesson tonight be um, encouraging to those who are watching and listening. Let it be edifying to them as it be glorifying to you. We ask this in your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, we are getting ready to get into tonight's lesson. And let's go ahead and bring on our YouTube family. We're going to go ahead and bring on our YouTube family and uh, get ready and get into this word, okay? All right. I hope everyone's Tuesday has been uh, wonderful and week has been wonderful. And now let's see. There we go. All right. We're going live on YouTube in five seconds. Four. Three, two, one. Welcome, YouTube, to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET Radio. I'm your brother and minister and host of T um, Team Truth Hour Ministries, Brother Black Ice. And again, we're live on Facebook as well. Do me one favor, um, subscribe to this YouTube channel right here. Also, go and like our Facebook group page, which is the Truth Hour Bible Class. Now, tonight, we're dealing with the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. Again, earth, air, fire, and water. These are the four basic elements, brothers and sisters, the four basic elements that without these things, we wouldn't even be able to survive. How many of you can survive without water? How many of you all can survive without earth? How many of you all can survive without air, brothers and sisters? So when we talk about the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water, these are very essential things. But we're going to apply this to our everyday life and our everyday faith as well. And we're going to show you how essential these things are with your growth and your development on a spiritual level. And if we apply these things, don't mean that you're going to live a mistake-free life. It don't mean that you won't fall down, but it means that you would have the necessary tools to get back up, brothers and sisters. Again, and that's what we're looking for, right? How many people have went back to the bottle or went back to drugs or went back to other things that were a handicap for them after they started going to church and after they started learning the word of God, they still found, found a way to fall away, brothers and sisters. And so we know that 
just because you get into this thing, just because you're knowledgeable of this thing, don't mean that you can't fall away. But let's learn about these four elements of life. Before we do that, we're going to go ahead and read off the what we believe. The Truth Hour Bible class is an online media Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many um, souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters. We have no dispute with those who want to use the variations of the name before it became the um, English version that we use today. Brother Julius did a powerful and wonderful lesson on the name of Jesus um, with the bomb of Gilead last Thursday. And again, we have no issues. If you want to use Yahshua, we ain't kicking or knocking against that. But we know that in the word of God, not only did God say, I'm going to speak to my people in another tongue, right? He also said that my name shall be great amongst the Gentiles. Well, the Gentiles are your nations that are in rulership today. And all those nations that are in rulership today are ran by Gentiles or what is considered to be white folks today, brothers and sisters. And the highest name among them that they use is not Yahshua. It's not Esau or any other variations of the name. It's Jesus, brothers and sisters. And so we um, believe in that name and we have no dispute. All right. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the world by way of the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law. No shrimp, no pork, no catfish, no lobster or anything that the word of God deems to be unpermissible according to the law of the beast that may be eaten and the law of the beast that may not be eaten as listed in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures in the Old Testament or the testimony in New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross. We don't believe in the rapture. We don't believe in holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, such as Easter or Christmas. These are antichrist according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality, Revelation 7 and 9. Brothers, please, at this time, if you have any hats or head coverings on, we ask that you remove them. Sisters, if you have no head covering on at this time, we ask that you go get a head covering and cover your heads, um, sisters, so that we may be in compliance with the ordinances of God as listed in Leviticus, uh, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 
through six. Now you heard us say some things that we don't believe in, right? If we say we don't believe in it, then it is not written in the word of God. If it's written in the word of God, we believe it. That's why we say, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. So let's get into today's lesson. The four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. In this lesson, we're going to learn, brothers and sisters, how God uses nature to teach us things, right? In order to be a good servant, brothers and sisters, you must be a good, a good student. And one of the ways to be a good student of God is to learn about nature. He is the very embodiment of nature. Nature came from God, brothers and sisters. There's an order to everything that is in nature. If there was no Bible or tablets that we could read from, brothers and sisters, there would still be nature. The Egyptians had gods that represented nature. One of their gods was called Nature, named after nature, right? There was a god called Gab, G-E-B, Gab, which was um, the god of the earth. There was a goddess um, of fertility, and that goddess was called Isis, brothers and sisters. She was Mother Earth. Another name for her was Esther or Easter or Ishtar. She was Mother Earth. There was another name in another country called Venus. She was Mother Earth. Um, 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 there, was a, there was a few other names, but these were fertility gods representing Earth. Then there was a god of the air called Shu. Then there was another god called Amun-Ra, which was the god of the sun and god of the fire. Tefnut was the goddess of fertility and water. So Egyptians in their culture, they used nature. And then they put gods in front of their nature. So what they did then was idol worship, was worshiping nature instead of the God that created the very nature in which they worshiped. So as Israelites, brothers and sisters, we don't worship the nature. We worship the God that gave us the nature, but the Egyptians were knowledgeable. That's the point that I'm making, that there were lessons that they can learn in nature. But again, they worshiped it. They worshiped the creation instead of the creator. Now here in America, let's use America as an example. Native Americans, which they call Indians, but Native, Native Americans, also use nature to describe their spiritual connections to the creator. They named themselves after animals like Chief Crazy Horse, Red Cloud, or Sitting Bull. Even the Europeans named himself after nature. That's why we have descendants of slaves, you and I, who have Last names like Brooks, Fruit Tree, Hawthorne, Roach, and any other name that we have, brothers and sisters, many of those names came from nature or either jobs that they did, right? They named themselves, but the thing with us is that God named us. But of course, being over here in America, being in Jamaica, being in Haiti, and being at the other various places in which we were dropped off by the slave ships, we lost our religion. We lost our culture. 
We lost our own identity, and during the process, we even lost our own God. And so the Europeans' God became our God. But yes, the Lord not only gave birth to us as a nation, but he gave us a name also, brothers and sisters. And he gave us an identity. And that name is Israel. That identity is Israel. And God said of you and I that you are the only people that I have ever known among all the nations of the earth. So since we know that we have a direct connection to God, that also means that we have a direct connection to nature, brothers and sisters. Now in tonight's lesson, we're gonna deal with the nature of God and these four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, and how they are extensions of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's go deep into the word of God tonight, brothers and sisters, and learn about the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. We're going to deal with earth first. Go get your Bibles, and we want you to go to the book of James, the fourth chapter. Again, we're going to read scripture on this uh, Bible class, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to the book of James, the fourth chapter. Take these notes. James, the fourth chapter. Now, the word earth is synonymous with the word ground, right? So when you got something in your hand and you release it and it falls, you say, man, I dropped that on the ground, right? So ground and the word earth are synonymous for one another. But also using the word ground, we use that as a metaphor for being humble because we say, man, you're getting too big headed. You need to be more grounded. So we're going to use earth as a lesson on being humble, right? Let's go ahead and look at the wisdom of God in his word. Let's go to James, the fourth chapter, verses eight through 12. Let's look at our first element, which is earth. And let's learn how to be humble according to the word of God using this element. James, the fourth chapter. And we're going to start at verse eight and we're going to go through 12. James four and eight through 12. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts. I'm sorry, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speak of evil of his brother and judge his brother, speak evil of the law and judge the law. But if you judge the law, then you are a doer of the law, but a judge. You're not a doer of the law, but a judge. So here it is. It didn't say, speak not evil of another brethren unless he do something to you. It didn't say that. It didn't say, speak not evil of your brother unless your brother speaks evil of you. How many times have someone said something about us? that we felt the need to reply back to what that person said. See, your emotional ego, which is attached to this flesh and blood body, the ego is the protection of the flesh. This earth right here, your emotional ego was bruised. And so, so you had to defend your honor and protect yourself. 
And so if somebody says something about you, you went on your social media page and you just started typing. Because you didn't say no name, it don't make it no better, brothers and sisters. But this word of God at James 4 and 11, it says, speak not evil one of another. Brother, that speak of evil of his brother and judges his brother, speak evil of the law. So see, when you speak evil of your brother, despite what he has done to you, you have to be accountable for what you type and what you write and what comes out of your mouth. Because we are going to be judged and held accountable for every word that we say that comes out of our mouth. So when the Lord said, speak not evil one of another, he that speak, speak evil of his brother and judge his brother, speak evil of the law, you can't even judge your brother. Because how many times have we done something that we're not proud of or we did something that we knew wasn't right? And now that someone else has come and have done something to you that wasn't right, now all of a sudden you want to put him in the judgment seat. But you could pray for God and ask for forgiveness every night, but you can't forgive your brother whom you see every day. And you ain't seen God a day in your life. So we talk about being humble. Verse 12, James 4 and 12 says, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you that judge of another? So the question is, do you have a heaven or a head? I'm sorry, let me correct that. Do you have a kingdom of God and a lake of fire to put somebody in? Because, see, those are the two rewards that Jesus is coming back to bring. He's coming back to bring his kingdom, right, awaiting for the Father's king, kingdom to come, but he's the door that accesses it. So either the promise is the kingdom of God or the lake of fire. See, he has those two things to put you in. But let me ask you a question. Do you have a kingdom of God or a lake of fire to put somebody in? That's what you're doing when you're judging your brother or your sister. Yes, you're condemning them, brothers and sisters. And who are we to condemn someone else? When we are worthy of being condemned ourselves. So let's talk about earth, brothers and sisters, being humble. This is where we're going tonight. Now, there's a science behind the element called earth and what it means, brothers and sisters. If the ground is moist and fertile, listen to what I'm saying, it can produce good things, right? So it rains outside or you go and you get a shovel and you break up the ground. See, sometimes this has to be broken up in order for you to plant something inside of your mind. See, that strong foundation that you thought you had, that grandmama gave to you or mother gave to you, that you grew up thinking that it was the truth or you were taught that it was, it was the right thing, sometimes that got to be busted up and broken apart in order for the truth to be planted inside of us. And when the truth is planted inside of us, brothers and sisters, the ground can't be hard. It got to be moist and fertile, brothers and sisters. See, if the ground is hard and dry, then no seeds can enter. Nothing can grow from somebody that got a hard head that can't accept being humble enough to learn something. Y'all remember that old saying that if you got a closed fist, nothing can get in and nothing can get out? 
It's the same thing with this flesh. It's the same thing with this mind. When you're hard, brothers and sisters, thinking that you know it all and you got it all and can't nobody come and teach you nothing or show you nothing or guide you in a path of truth, you can't plant no seeds there, brothers and sisters. Nothing can grow. Never think that you can't learn anything new. The devil wants you to be arrogant and full of yourself. See, when God wants you to be the total opposite, let's go to 1 Peter 5, 1 through 6. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 6. 1 Peter 5 and 1 through 6. And it reads, the elders which are among you, I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking that oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. What is that crown of glory, brothers and sisters? That crown of glory is what Revelation 20 and 4 talks about. Those who died for the witness of Jesus and the word of God were resurrected in the first resurrection when Jesus came back. And they ruled and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, brothers and sisters. See, when you got a crown, when you got a crown, brothers and sisters, that means that you are in rulership. And those who are in the first resurrection rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. So at verse four, 1 Peter 5 and 4, again, it says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, who's the chief shepherd? It's Jesus. You shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. See, when you're a spiritual being, this flesh and blood body, this earth is going to fade away. But when you become a spiritual being, which means that you are either changed at the coming of Jesus or you are resurrected into a spiritual body, brothers and sisters, you ain't going to never worry about dying no more. You ain't got to worry about fading away no more. Verse 5 says, likewise, you younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. We're talking about earth. We're talking about ground. We're talking about being ground dead. We're talking about being humble. It says, clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and give of grace to the humble. See, God knows that we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're going to fall short. But if you are humble, then you can get the grace that comes with walking in the path and in the direction of God. See, the devil wants you to believe that because you made a mistake or because you ain't living exactly quote unquote, right to the standards of the Bible, brothers and sisters, that you can't step foot in no church. I've had family members say to me and people that I met, well, you know what, man, I ain't living right. I don't want to go up in the house of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? I ain't That's exactly where you should be. 
See, the devil wants you to think that that's no place for you if you are dealing with issues, trying to get it right. No, that's the exact place that you should be so that you can hear the word of God so that it can start softening up that earth, brothers and sisters, making you more humble, start pricking your conscience and things on your mind and, and, and making you like, man, I know I got to get this thing right. God, work with me. You start talking to God just like he's your friend. God, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I've tried to do it. But I'm being humble right now. This is your earth talking to you. Breathe into me of your inspiration so that I may become a living soul. Right now, I'm just a dead soul. I'm just a piece of earth. But I need your word in me. See, the, the word of God is his spirit. Didn't Jesus say, my words are spirits and they are life? So without the word, brothers and sisters, you don't have the spirit of God. Without the word, you don't have life. A lot of people say, oh, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So that means that you're filled with the word of God. You should have understanding of it. But if you don't have understanding of it, you're not filled with it, brothers and sisters, which means that you got some more learning to do. You got some more going to learn what you need to know to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Philippians, the second chapter, y'all. Jesus would not tell you to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. He is our example. You know, they used to say, WWJD, what would Jesus do? So it would be wise for us to look at Jesus's life and his ministry. Imagine being a God, stepping down to the level of a man to save man. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the second chapter. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Philippians, the second chapter. Verses 1 through 11. We're talking about the four elements of God. It says, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem uh, other better than themselves. So brothers and sisters, I do an annual concert called the Kings and Queens of Poetry, right? And you, many of you all may see through my network where I use the Monica King of Poetry Black Eyes, right? And so there were many people in our art genre in the Chicago poetry scene that took issue with me using the term King of Poetry. But every year, I'm honoring other poets on this platform, kings and queens of poetry. I am putting other people, as this says, esteem others better than yourselves. I play the background. I might just DJ. I might just host. But this is their moment, and this is their time. And we got to be humble enough, brothers and sisters, to be able to push other people forward without feeling like we're gonna lose something if people don't see me. If people don't see me holding a mic, if people don't see me performing, then they might forget about me. 
No, brothers and sisters, what God has for you is for you. Can't nobody take that away. You got to get out of your own flesh, get out of your own earth, brothers and sisters, and let's stay humble. Verse four, it says, look not every man of his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now we know that he became obedient unto death and obedient unto the death of the cross. But do you know that Satan through his own flesh tried to get him to prevent from sacrificing himself? Y'all remember when Jesus was in the garden and Jesus said, hey, father, if you can let this cup pass me, Give it to somebody else. I don't know about that flesh was competing against his spirit. So if his flesh tried to fight back against him, then what do you think our flesh is going to do against us? Anytime we walk towards God, it's going to try to fight against us. It's going to try to fight against that walk. It's going to try to fight against that spirit, brothers and sisters. But just like Jesus checked his flesh, he said, but if it's your will, let it be done. See, I know some of you all are hurting right now. You're going through issues in your life, on your job, with your health problems financially, with your family members and your friends, relationships. But you got to be wise enough to say, Father, let your will be done. I can't fix it all. I can't change nobody's mind as to what they think about me. And at the end of the day, it ain't about me. It's about you, Father. And sometimes the Father wants to pull us away from certain people that you keep trying to hold on to. I know I'm talking to somebody that's listening tonight and watching tonight. Let's go ahead at verse 9. It says, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my presence, work out your own salvation with fear, trembling. But in order for you to do that, we got to be humble, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go ahead and go to our next one. You know how we use the term down to earth? <clears throat> oh, I met Gladys Knight. She was so down to earth. Oh, I met Prince, Michael Jackson. They were so down to earth. I met Jay-Z. I met Buster Ryan. Oh, they were so down. I met Brother Bowie. Oh, he was so down to earth. I met Brother... Uh, Elijah, he was he was so down to earth. I met Brother Julius. I met Brother Black Ice. He was so down to earth. Where were we before you put us down to earth? See, that's why they call some people stars and superstars because we put them on certain pedestals. And when we meet them, we find out, hey, they just like us. They had a regular conversation. 
So now you've taken them from where you once had placed them in your mind and put them down to earth. And that's why our first element is earth, because what in essence you're saying was that they were real humble people. When we look at the approval of man, brothers and sisters, we look at how many likes we get on our social media pages, what we post. We're so concerned about likes and hearts and comments. We've gotten off the path, brothers and sisters. Look at all these entertainers and politicians that man has exalted. And it's the same man that's tearing them down after they exalted them. Don't look for man's approval, brothers and sisters. If you humble yourselves and you are grounded, then God gives you a word that he will exalt you. And when God exalts you, brothers and sisters, no one can tear you down. Let's go to the book of Luke 14, 8 through 11. Luke 14. And we're going to read verses 8 through 11. We talk about earth, one of the elements of God being humble. It says Luke 14, and we're going to read verses 8 through 11, and it reads, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him Come and say to thee, give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art hit bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. So when you humble yourself, when you are practicing the element of earth, brothers and sisters, God is going to come and God is going to exalt you. But let's talk about air because we got four elements, elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Now we have never seen air before in our lives. But we see the evidence of air and what it affects, brothers and sisters. Well, air is comparable to faith, right? Because, see, you have faith that God exists, but you've never seen him before. But just like you wake up every day and you're hoping to breathe in the air or else we would suffocate and die. It's the same way you got to have faith that God exists and God is going to work things out for them who love him, brothers and sisters. Now, we look at the trees and the leaves blow. We don't see what's blowing the leaves, but we know it's air. We look at a flag and we see the flag flapping from left to right. And we don't see what's making a flag flap, but we know that it's air, brothers and sisters. The same way you don't see it, but you know it exists, it's the same way you got to understand the majesty of God, brothers and sisters. He exists, and we got to have faith in him. So let's talk about the element air for a minute. Let's go to one of the best examples of having faith in something that you don't see. Let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, 1 through 3. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. 
Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, and it reads, Now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, talking about faith, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So you see the sun, the moon, the stars, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and every creeper thing that creep up upon the earth. And you see the evidence of this of its existence, but you do not see the things that you do, you do not see the one who created it, brothers and sisters. So verse six, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The, these are things that you already know, brothers and sisters, but I am just coming to confirm that which you already know. See, the level on which you deal with things in your life and a lot of times how quick you are able to recover from things that you're dealing with in your life has a lot to do with your faith. See, it's not a matter of if trouble is going to come. It's a matter of when it's going to come and how you're going to deal with it when it's going to come. Can you still operate every day with a smile on your face? Can you still keep faith that, hey, this is the season of trouble in my life? But every season has a start and every season has an end. But when you get lost in that season and you get lost in that trouble, that season could last longer than what it's supposed to last, brothers and sisters, because you ain't learned from it yet. See, God will allow you to stay in something longer until you get what he's trying to say to you, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Luke, the eighth chapter. When you have no faith, then you have no hope, brothers and sisters. You will always be dissatisfied and disappointed in yourselves and other people. You will always complain. You will always look at what somebody else is doing and what's going on. And uh, I can't understand how they could do this and do that. You will be concerned with so many problems that the other people's problems become your problems. You will always be down and depressed, brothers and sisters, because you don't know the majesty, like I said before, of God. You can't say you love him and not be prepared to prove it. Didn't he test Abraham? Didn't he test Job? Wasn't Jesus tested when he went into the mount? You can't say that you love God and expect not to be tested. Let's go to Luke the eighth chapter, verses 22 through 25. Luke the eighth chapter. Verses 22 through 25, Luke 8, 22 through 25, and it reads, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him, awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perished. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? 
for he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Brothers and sisters, there are winds of trouble in, in your life. There are waters that are raging in your life, in every aspect of your life, from relationship to your coworkers, to your family members and your friend. And can you say to those raging waves and those hostile winds, can you rebuke it? And they cease, brothers and sisters. Well, this is the power that the word of God gives us because, again, we can only be bothered and boggled down by what our minds allows us to be bothered and boggled down by. You got to gain control over your mind. The way you do that is by faith, which is that air, brothers and sisters, having faith in something that you don't see, but you know exists. Let's go ahead and move forward. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 24th. First chapter, book of Matthew, the 21st chapter. Don't you know that you have the power, brothers and sisters, to rebuke the storms in your life? It may seem like you're drowning in your current situation. Maybe it's in debt. Maybe it's in other areas of your life. In problems, you're going to be worried, brothers and sisters, because that's the natural reaction of this flesh. But then your faith comes in and your faith is, the, is supposed to conquer your fear. Faith and fear cannot occupy the same space at the same time, brothers and sisters. Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Matthew 21, <clears throat> 18 through 22. And it reads, now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing therein but leaves only and said to it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I say unto you, if you have faith and no doubt, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto the mountains, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. How many people lately have prayed for things that you are asking God for? And I'm not talking about things that necessarily your flesh enjoys brothers and sisters but i'm talking about peace of mind i'm talking about solutions to your problems that you're dealing with answers to questions that you have yet to receive brothers and sisters you have the power to overcome all these things yeah we can look at other people and what they're going through and we give such good advice to everybody else but when it comes to our own selves we have a issue taking our own advice it's a bitter pill to swallow brothers and sisters and it's easy to tell somebody else what they should do but let it be us and we're faced with some very difficult decisions that we have to make all oh, brothers and sisters 
we definitely let that flesh get in the way. But we're talking about air. We're talking about having faith. You can't see air, but you know it exists. You can't see God, but you know he exists. You can't see your way out of your situation. You don't know the answer. You don't know the solution. But like air, brothers and sisters, you got to have faith that God is going to reveal it to you. He's going to reveal it. And he's going to reveal it in his time. You just got to keep moving as if you already have the answer. You got to keep moving if, if, as if you already have the solution. And when God sees that you got faith enough to continue walking and continue moving on as business as usual, despite what you're going through, God going to be like, yeah, he ready now. Let me go and get him out of this situation. She ready now. Let me go ahead and bless my daughter and bless my son. There's the blessing on the other end of the rainbow, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 15th chapter. Matthew, the 15th chapter. See, we can't say that we believe in God, but we complain every day. Uh, we really don't believe in God when we do all that complaining, brothers and sisters, because see, if we knew him, we will understand that he is humbling us. And at the same time he's humbling us, he is weaponizing us. You think it's a reason why you've been through what you've been through? No, God wanted to put you in a position so that when other people start going through what you went through, you will be able to be that shoulder that they can lean on, that ear that they need when they need somebody to listen to and understand what they have to say. That's why you went through what you went through. You were the sacrificial lamb for so many other people. You think I wanted to be qualified to speak to parents who have lost their children? That's the last thing I wanted to be qualified for. But since I lost the child, it qualifies me to say, I don't know how you feel, but I know how it feels to lose a child. You know how many funerals I've spoken where parents are sitting in the front row who have lost teenagers and, and, and young adults to gun violence? I know how they feel uh, or how it feels to lose a child. So that has qualified me. My, 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 my experience has weaponized me, brothers and sisters. Know and understand that. Like air, you may not be able to see the solution, but it's been there the whole time. You may not be able to see yourself out of the situation that you're currently in, but like air, the solution exists. We just got to have faith. Let's go to Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. And it reads, Then Jesus went thence. And departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus, when he came in the flesh through Mary, he wasn't sent here for the whole world. He was sent specifically to us to redeem us, the children of Israel. However, at verse 25, it says, then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, 
It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs. Jesus just called this woman a dog. But let's look at the woman's faith who he called a dog. Verse 26, but um, verse 27, it says, and she said, truth, Lord, Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. So brothers and sisters, Jesus has opened up this thing. It ain't just for us Israel anymore. It's for those who has a, have a desire to keep the statutes, the laws, and the commandments of God, no matter what race, color, or creed. The whole bottom line is having faith. Having faith in what? Having faith in the word of God. How can you have faith in the word of God if you're not willing to pick up this book and open it up and read it so that you can learn how to have faith. And what is having faith? Having faith is keeping the statutes, the laws, and the commandments. Because again, if I don't have faith, then why am I gonna worry about doing what God said I should do or not doing what he, what he said I shouldn't do? I'ma just go ahead and enjoy this life and break every law that's written in this book and I wouldn't care. Because I don't have faith that those statues and those laws and those commandments mean anything. But because I have faith that those statues and those laws and commandments mean something, brothers and sisters, then I also have faith that God is going to reward me what he promises me because I'm keeping those statues and those laws and those commandments to the best of my ability. You fall down. Get back up, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. Now, we dealt with earth, right? Learning how to be humble. We just dealt with air, having faith. Although you can't see certain things like God. He's a spirit being, but you know he exists. Just like air, you can't see it, you have faith, you know that it exists. So we got humbleness and we have faith. Let's go ahead and get into our next one, fire. Now, let me say this about fire. Fire is the only one that you can live without. You can't live without earth because how would you eat? Your food comes from the ground. You can't live without air because you would suffocate and die. You can't live without water because life, water is the life germ of anything that is in existence, brothers and sisters. It's the key to life. That's why they search on the moon or they search on wall, Mars. If they find water on the moon, if they find water on Mars, then they know life exists. Without water, there is no life. So why is it that God places fire among these four elements? What is the purpose of fire? What is it used for? It's used for struggle. You know what struggle does? It brings out your character, brothers and sisters. Why does God allow us to struggle? Why do he make us go through the fire? Some of our ancestors have asked, why is it that we had to go through slavery? And some today may ask, Lord, when will our oppression end under this rule of the Gentiles? There is a purpose for your pain, brothers and sisters. 
And there was a purpose while we went through the channels of slavery. There was a purpose for struggle. Let me just share this with you. Michael Jordan, right? The greatest basketball player that ever played the game. I just watched one of his videos before we went live on the Truth Hour. He spoke about adversity. He spoke about how his brothers used to fight with him every day. It was competitive competition. He spoke about being cut from the high school basketball team and how that struggle and that fire right there produced something in his character that made him say, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to get better and I'm going to come back stronger. Can you work harder? Can you get better? Can you come back stronger? Well, how would you know unless you're faced with some type of opposition, unless you're faced with some type of struggle, unless you're faced with fire, brothers and sisters? Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. We're talking about fire, one of the four elements of God. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Jeremiah 29. And we're going to read verses, what is it, 11 through 14. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. Let's discuss this air, brothers and sisters. I mean, um, this fire. Let's discuss this fire, having obstacles in your life, having in your life. Do you know that fire does two things? It either destroys or purifies. That's why we cook food over fire, to take out the toxins, the bacteria. Some of us are living toxic lives, brothers and sisters and it needs to be removed. Some of us have toxic friends that need to be removed. Well, fire does that, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, not the thoughts that you think of yourself. The Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think of you. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, and you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity. This slave journey that we've been on as a people, the Lord said, I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you. Why did the Lord drive us here, brothers and sisters? Why did he spread us throughout the four corners of the world by slave ship? Because of disobedience. Because of not keeping his statutes and his laws and his commandments, he bring us right out of Egypt, we make a golden calf. And said, these be the gods that brought us out of Egypt. And it was gold that was taken out of the ears of the men and the women and the boys and the girls. You're going to take a metal out of your ear, shape it and mold it into a golden calf and say, these be the gods that brought us out of Egypt? Nah, you got to be punished for that, brothers and sisters. And there, there are many things that we are doing and have done that we have to be punished for. We got to go through that. We got to reap what we have sown, brothers and sisters. 
So now you're at your time of reaping what you have sown. Don't start complaining about it now. See, God is going to still continue to bless you if you get the point, if you get the picture, but you got to go through this fire, brothers and sisters. You got to go through this part. You cannot not go through the fire. Let's go to, I'm going to skip Genesis, Sister Key, for the sake of time. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. You have struggle that is a part of faith. Fight with hope and overcome with the word, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7, and it reads, bearing all things, believeth all things, hope all things, and endure all things. See, that's the key. Let he who endure to the end, the same may be saved. You may be doing everything that you feel is the right thing to do. Go to church on the Sabbath day. You keep the feast days of the Lord. You keep the dietary law and you do a lot of things. But brothers and sisters, that's today. Let you start being hit by tragedy and loss of loved ones and other issues in the course of your life. Let's see if you stay on that same road that you're on right now. You know how many people have walked away from Jesus and walked away from God because life got too hard for them. It became too much of a distraction. That's why it says, endure all things. This ain't no journey that you just start today and you say, oh, I, I got it. I'm good. No, brothers and sisters, when it says endure to the end, the end is either the end of your life or the coming of Jesus the Christ, brothers and sisters. That's the end. So can we keep this thing up into the end? When you do things with full faith, brothers and sisters, and belief in God, things will begin to change in your life. Stop looking for a Band-Aid solution to your struggle and your problems. God wants you to see this thing all the way through. We're looking for a fast food. I just want to get into, I just want to get to the drive-through. I don't want to get out of my car. I want to pull up to the window, give my order, drive around, hand them my money, get my food and keep, no, brothers and sisters, ain't no drive-through solutions to these situations. God wants you to see it all the way through. Just like Job, we live in a microwave society. We want everything to be comfortable and convenient for us, and it's just not gonna happen that way. When you start having troubles with your car, when you start getting behind in your bills, when you start getting unexpected things that pop up that you have to pay for that you didn't even know you had to pay for on top of the five and the six dollar gas that we pay right now. Now you're starting to get behind. Now your faith is starting to get shaken a little bit. And you say, man, I thought I had a, a little cushion that was right there. I'm starting to see my bank account, my checking account getting lower and lower. I'm starting to pull money from my savings just to pull over to my checking just so that I can get these bills paid. But God said, hold on. It ain't going to always be like this. 
but I want to know if you can endure this thing. And can you have a positive attitude while you are going through what you are going through? Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, verses 10 and 11. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. Verses 10 and 11, and it reads, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you go. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men standing, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Time and chance. It happens to everybody. So stop thinking that you are the exception to the rule. There's always somebody that's in a worse situation than what you are. Be glad that you got a checking account that you can pull from. Be glad that you got a savings account that you can pull from to put in your checking account to take care of the things that you have to take care of, brothers and sisters, because everybody ain't got it. So we got to be willing and able to go through the fire because the fire is placed as a part of the journey. There's something that you can't remove. You says, oh, I just want earth and air and water. I just want to be humble. I just want to have faith. And let's get to the water because water means that we have to learn how to be flexible, brothers and sisters. But I don't want that fire. That's one thing that I don't want. But again, Michael Jordan would have never been the greatest player to ever pick up a ball if he didn't have that fire. We all got to go through it, brothers and sisters. Time and chance happens to us all. But walk through that fire with God. That's all. Like Daniel did, brothers and sisters, they put him in a furnace. And I'm sorry, was, was it Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They was, in the, they was in a furnace. And they said there was a fourth person in there with them. So well, wait a minute, we put three people, now it's four people up in there because they went through that fire with God, brothers and sisters. And guess what? They didn't smell like smoke as my wife says. We might go through fire, but we coming out not smelling like smoke. <laughs> That's some BGM fit for you right there. Let's talk about water, brothers and sisters. Studying the nature of water, we learn to be flexible, brothers and sisters. Water can be weak, but it also can be strong. Water can be controlled, brothers and sisters, but it also can destroy whole cities with hurricanes and tsunamis, rains and floods. Whatever in life, brothers and sisters, we are going through, you have to learn how to be flexible and manage the current situation and environment that you are placed in at that time. God eventually would change things. Remember, we talked about seasons. But until then, you have to learn how to operate and navigate in the environment that you are placed in. When you look at this right here, this bottle, you put water in this bottle, it takes on the shape of the bottle. You put water in a cup, it takes on the shape of a cup. We boil water on our stoves, it takes on the shape of the, of the pot. Can you be placed in an environment 
and be able to adapt to that environment so much so that you can thrive and strive in that environment. Because when you walk out your door, now you're in another environment that you don't control. So you got to learn how to be flexible. You got to be flexible on your job. You got to be flexible when you're in somebody else's environment, brothers and sisters. And take God with you when you go. You ever notice how you go into a room and they change the conversation? People start acting a little bit different because they know that when you come, you bring in God with you. Yet and still, you're in their environment, you're operating in their environment. They have a set of rules that apply to their environment and you got to conform to those rules, but you got God with you. You are learning how to operate in that environment. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, 8 through 13. Philippians 4, the eighth chapter. I'm sorry, Philippians 4, 8 through 13. Philippians 4, and verses 8 through 13. And it reads, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good of, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any peace, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care of me have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to be abound and to suffer need. So can you be flexible? Can you be both, as Paul used the term, he said to be content with whatever situation that you're in? Because you're only in that situation for the moment. You got to be able to say, God, Thank you for allowing me to be in this situation because I only have faith in knowing that the reason why I'm in, in this situation is because you want me to learn something. This is something that I must go through in order to get to where it is you want me to be. Thank you, Father. I'm going to submit and go through this process and be flexible and be content while I'm going through this process. I ain't going to be angry, not with you not with nobody else, not with this situation, because I know that this is part of the process. I'm going to be flexible. Let's go to Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Who among us can be a leader and a follower at the same time, brothers and sisters? Who can be a teacher and both a student? I know that I study from everybody, brothers and sisters. I will watch, I will look, and I will listen. I will listen to the Buddhists speak. I will listen to uh, the nation of Islam. I will listen to different camps of the Israelite uh, or Christian faith. I will listen to Joel Osteen. 
I will listen to Martin Luther King old speeches. I will listen to Malcolm X's old speeches. And I will listen and I'm learning something, brothers and sisters. It's not that I agree with everything that they say, but I'm learning something. I can be a student and a teacher at the same time. See, I know what to righteously divide. If it don't line up with this word of God, then hey, that's something that I righteously know how to divide. But if it's something that does line up with the word of God and it's presented in a way where I have not thought to present it before, then that's just something I add to my repertoire. We got to learn how to be both teachers and students and be flexible at the same time. Learn how to give the beginner's milk. Those who are just getting into this faith and learning really what the word of God says, we don't need to be giving them meat. We got to give them milk. We got to start them off like we do babies. Give them milk, brothers and sisters. Let them begin to grow and get knowledgeable before we give them the weightier word of God. Let's go to Hebrews, the ninth chapter, one through five. Hebrews, and we got one more place after this. Hebrews 9, 1 through 5. Book of Hebrews 9. And let me make sure. And it's 1 through 5, and then 9 through 14. Hebrews 9, 1 through 5. And it reads. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. And after that, the second veil, the temple, which is called the holiest of holies. Now we get into what was used for animal sacrifice, brothers and sisters. But check this out. Verse four, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot and that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. But now check this out. Let's go to 9 through 14. And it reads, which, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the sacrifice, that did the services perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and in drinks and in diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them unto the time of reformation. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, talking about his body that he sacrificed, which replaced animal sacrifice. It says, this tabernacle was not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So brothers and sisters, it wasn't about the blood of bulls and, and, and goats and lambs, brothers and sisters. It was about Jesus Christ, our sacrifice. So we started off one way. 
And just like water, we got to be flexible. Yeah, you came into this thing with the foundation of what your mother taught you. You came in this thing with the foundation of what you grew up learning from your family members and friends and the various houses of worship that you went to when you were getting into this thing. You were a baby in it. You started out one way and that was good for that time. But now that you are growing and maturing in the word of God, it is time, brothers and sisters, that we become flexible once again and begin to see if what we learned was actually a fact as it is compared to the word of God. And just because your mama gave it to you and just because you grew up learning this from those whom you loved, can you be flexible enough to let the things go that you learned that did not line up or do not line up with the word of God? See, we think that if we reject what they told us, that we are rejecting them. No, brothers and sisters, you got to think with a new mind now. You got to be flexible. You got to be like water. You got to know that what they gave you was a good foundation. But now it's time to build off of the foundation that they gave you. Let's close out. Let's go to Revelations, the third chapter. Now, there is hope, brothers and sisters. We are not just learning how to live right or to be good people, but we are learning to live right, to live forever. This is the reward and this is the promise that Jesus comes back to give us, brothers and sisters. Every man his own reward. But learning the four elements of God, earth, how to stay humble, air, how to have faith, fire, let he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved, and water, being flexible. Being flexible enough to know that, hey, maybe I don't have the things that I thought that I had. Maybe I can go over here and learn a little bit more. Maybe there's some things that mama didn't know that she didn't teach me. Maybe I can listen to the truth hour on Tuesday or go to the Israel of God in Riverdale or to the various camps where we are and build off of what I know. Because what you're building, brothers and sisters, is preparing you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let's close this thing out. Revelations 3 and 20. Revelations 3 and 20, Sister Key Israel, she said, Brother Ice, I want to do a little bit more lessons on teaching people how they can gain salvation. She said, yeah, Brother Ice, I know that we can talk about a lot of things and give a lot of history and everything. She said, but the people are struggling and they need to know how that we can improve ourselves. And that goes for me, too. I'm not just the teacher, I'm the student. And so we want to bring to you more lessons on learning how you can deal with things that are going on in your everyday life with the word of God. Let's close this thing out. Revelations 3 and 20. And it reads, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I'm going to read verse 21 too, Sister Key Israel. Revelations 3 and 21, to him that overcometh, remember, you got to go through the fire, to him that overcometh, first you got to be humble, then you got to have faith, then you got to go through the fire, learn how to be flexible, to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, Where, when, when does Jesus' throne come? 
when he comes back down to this earth not being raptured off into heaven when we're caught up and when we meet him in the air it's like he's coming down here and we're rising up there we meet in the air just to come back down here with him when he comes as revelation the 14th chapter says and lo and i looked and i saw a lamb standing on mount zion and with him 144,000. So that's when he grants us to sit with him in his throne during his thousand year millennium period. His reign, Revelation 21 and four, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. He said to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, he went through the fire and sat down with my father in his throne. See, only Jesus get to sit with the Father in his throne, but we get to sit with Jesus in his throne. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you enjoyed tonight's Bible class, the four elements of God. Um, I know that we went a little bit over, but I really think that we needed to get this lesson out, brothers and sisters. I hope that you continue to share this lesson and invite people on. If you are on YouTube, then please go and like our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Um, and if you are on Facebook, then go and like our Facebook page uh, right here, the Truth Hour Bible Show or the Truth Hour Bible Class. And um, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312 719 seven three one zero but that being said tune in for next tuesday brothers and sisters next tuesday we're going to be airing on youtube only next tuesday youtube only your brother would be in miami the 8th through the 12th and i think the 12th is next tuesday if i'm back um in enough time and i gotta schedule i gotta see but i don't think i'm back in enough time to go um to um, do the lesson on Facebook. So we will air um, on YouTube only next Tuesday, all right? So get the word out for that. But other than that, YouTube, we're gonna go ahead and sign off. We thank you for watching and listening to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Good night, in Jesus' name. All right, for those who are on uh, Facebook, Let's go ahead and stand up at Jerusalem, face Jerusalem, and pray out. Father God, we thank you for tonight's lesson, Father God. Father God, continue to work on us in our spirit, Father God, to move closer to you and to be humble, Father God. Please help us to remove those things in our life, Father God, that we are struggling with and we are dealing with, Father God, those impediments, Father God, in Jesus' name. We come humbly before you and sincerely to ask that request of you, Father God. Father God, for those who are watching and listening, we hope that this lesson tonight, the four elements of God, was a revelation to them, Father God, where they can seek and learn how to be humble, increase their faith, Embrace the struggle and learn how to be flexible, earth, air, fire, and water. Father God, we pray that this lesson, Father God, was edifying to those who are watching and glorifying to you. We pray this prayer in your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. Thank you so much, Facebook family.
Team Truth Hour, please put what you thought about the lesson in the comment section. I do go back and read the comments after the lesson is over. And this lesson will be aired on YouTube in about 30 minutes. Peace and blessings. On behalf of Team Truth Hour, good night, everyone. Peace and blessings in Jesus' name.